All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. As a financial advisor, I talk to people regularly about retirement, about the money side of things, about what to do after all these years of hard work once there's no more money coming in. But what about the other side of the coin? What about everything else? Today, I'm joined by Peter Graham from Redefining Retirement. Peter's been in the financial services industry for over 50 years, and he's here today with, to talk about this exact topic. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. That's fine, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, you know, when I first came across what you actually do, I just kept thinking in my mind, yes, 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 because as a financial advisor, like as I said, I help people with their money and I help people to make sure their money is going to last as long as possible. And a lot of people have worked normally for decades and decades, and normally when they do retire, while the money sometimes is taken care of, there's there's all this other stuff. Um, can you sort of just explain? Give us a bit of a, a brief background about your history and what you currently do in this space. Well, I uh, was a financial advisor for 50, for 50 years, and that's a long period of time for anybody in any business, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I love the process of working with people. And uh, I guess over the last 15 years of working with them, I concentrated on the retirement sector. Uh, because I knew that this was important to people and largely that is why people were saving um, with our organisation. But in noticing one side of it, that's the monetary side of it, I also noticed the other side of it, and that is that people were not retiring as well as they might. So they had the financial affairs sorted out and organised their superannuation and their pension and their other investments and the like, but they were not performing the way they wanted to perform. And if I could just divert for a second there, as I give my talks around the community, and I do quite a lot of those, I always ask the attendees, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of your retirement? Now, there's lots of answers, so we won't go through that, but 57% of everybody said the one thing, I'm bored. Mm. Now, I noticed when I was an advisor that that was the case too. And I thought, look, I I don't want to do that. And so I decided that I would concentrate on this issue and learn more and more about how to have an incredible retirement. And that's what I do now. Uh, I finished my work suddenly Uh, I was given six days to live. Well, that obviously didn't work, but uh, that was a struggle for about four and a half years getting through that issue. Uh, But now I teach people how to have an incredible retirement so that they find it fulfilling and absolutely enjoyable. And do you find as well that, because I I know most people listening to this are going to be couples, normally families, those that aren't going to be nearing retirement for at least a decade or two, or if not three. 
But do you find a lot of people, and, and what I'm expecting will come out of this episode is a lot of people will actually think of their parents and think of somebody they know that's retired that really needs to listen to this episode. And and I'm really hoping that that they will pass this on to them to listen to. Um, but do you find people that come to you, I mean, how do they normally find you? Is it normally a family member that says, hey, listen, I think my father or my mother really needs some help because they've retired and I can really tell that they're bored and that they've lost this purpose of working that they've had for so many years? Or or do you find people recognize it themselves? Because I can just imagine that a lot of people may not actually realize they're even going through this boredom or this change. Well, that's right. And, and my, my introductions come from uh, financial advisors and lawyers and accountants and trustees of super funds and also people who listen to podcasts uh, contact me uh, or look at what I'm doing and how I can assist them. And my my leads come from everywhere. I guess that's what I'm saying. I, I've spoken on many, many programs, not only in Australia, but around the world. And it's amazing the response that I have from people who suddenly realise, wow, this is something I should think about. Now, maybe their parents should think about it, but they should think about it too. Because the key to a very, very good retirement is preparation. And so my target market on pre-retirees is 50 plus and still working because I believe you need many years of preparation so that you are ready for a smooth transition when it comes to retirement. You see, I've found over the years that people tend to leave it until they've retired to sit down and think, now, ah, right now, plan my retirement. What will I do? Um... I'll just sit down and watch a bit of television and get some inspiration, and that's it. They never get any. But those who have thought about it well in advance, they are ready for retirement. In fact, they don't even notice that they've stopped working because they've already got a busy life, a fulfilling life. They've got all their activities planned. They know what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, how they're going to fund it. They've probably spoken to a good financial advisor like yourself about these issues so that they are well prepared for this process going on. So planning in advance, and I'm suggesting any time from age 50 onwards, is a good time to start looking at what I need to do so that I have a fabulous retirement. Okay, so it's really it's in the preparation, I guess, which uh, it, it makes a lot of sense because I mean, even when you're painting a house, it's not the paint. Uh, I guess the paint that you use and the way you paint is just as important as the way you prepare that painting. And I guess financially, it's exactly the same thing. The way you prepare for retirement is key to having a decent retirement. What are some tips that you would give for those listening to this? Apart from to con- you know, apart from contacting you, which we'll get to a bit later, but what are some tips that you would give? To, to those thinking of preparing for retirement, what are some things to consider or some areas that need to be, you know, that someone should pay attention to? Well, it's interesting, but these days if people retire at 60 or 65, there's a good chance that they will live 25 to 30 years. Now, that's a bit of a surprise to most people. They can't remember the last 30 years, but they can't even imagine what the next 30 would be. So let me put it in another way. 30 years is 11 thousand days. That's what you've got to plan for. Now, you might think you're going to play a lot of golf and you're going to do a lot of caravanning and you're going to do a lot of, but you will not fill in 11,000 days doing that. 
So it's more than just the things that you like doing now. You have to create new interests in other areas. You might, you know, take up photography or might uh, decide to do dancing or you might, there could be any number of things and there are thousands of things that you can do. But it's the preparation for this, for the 11,000 days, which is so important. Now, the interesting thing about what I'm doing is the name of my business, Redefining Retirement. I am suggesting that if you want to have a fabulous retirement, you've got to redefine the way you think about retirement. You've got to think about how you're going to fill in your time. You don't want to do it like your mother did it, your father or your uncle or the person next door. Retirement has to be unique to you and it has to be what you want in the way you want it. Once you have decided that and your spouse, if you have one or partner, once they've decided that, you then get together and you work out a wonderful balance so that the whole thing can be a great team effort. Let me give you an example. I'm uh, 77 and my wife is 76. My wife plays golf. I don't play golf. I have no interest in golf except asking her how it goes every time she comes home. But I'm running this business. We are happy that each of us are doing what we want to do as individuals. But any chance we get to be together, to do things together, to travel or to dine out or to walk or whatever the case may be, we grab it. And so the obsession is not just what I want to do or what she wants to do, but we have this joint activity which we love participating in. And the key to the whole exercise, Michael, is to plan. Plan well in advance what you might do. What are your hobbies going to be? What are your pastimes going to be? How are you going to go about grandparenting? What are you going to do as far as a social contribution is concerned? Have you got your financial affairs in order? And it's not, oh, ho-hum, Michael looks after that. Well, Michael can look after some of it, but not all of it. And so, you know, what? you might also think about volunteering or how you're going to manage your time or all those other things. There's a lot of things to think about. Yes, yes. And you bring up an interesting point. So it's it's doing what you like to do, not what your parents did, because it's um, – or not what your partner even does, because some people don't have any hobbies and they have no interests at all. So they just naturally sway towards – their partner or what they've seen other people do, uh, whether it's retirement or, or anything, in fact. But I do like the fact that you help people talk about these things and to help uncover what they personally like to do because I'm sure you've come across it plenty of times where some people literally have no hobbies or or they do or they just they don't know what they are, you know, or if in if, if in, even when I talk to clients sometimes, I'll ask them, what do you enjoy doing on weekends? And to some people, they say, look, I know this is really sad, but literally all I know is work. You know, all I know is work and looking after the kids and the kids are about to leave home soon and I don't know what I'm going to do. Where should someone like that start? Because literally, like, let's say they've got no hobbies. They've got, just for argument's sake, they've got no friends, um, no family that they talk to, and it's literally just them. And I know this is a, I mean, it's a, this is a very open-ended question and it, so many factors come into it. And you could probably answer this question for about 10 hours, but just briefly, <laughs> what would you say someone should do in that situation? <laughs> Well, the very first thing to do is to understand it could be a long time and you don't know how long it can be. The second thing is health. You must 
get your health in order. And you've got to work hard on that. Uh, you know, for example, I've been walking every year for many years, 15, 20 years, at least 10 kilometres a day. And I still do it at age 77. And it's got a couple of little minor benefits. One, you lose weight. Two, your bloods are better. Your sugars are better. Your triglycerides are better. You sleep better. You can, and so on. And that's just an example of walking. But there are so many other things that you have to be aware of when it comes to health. For example, diabetes is a huge problem in retirement. Now, people say to me, oh, yeah, I just get the treatment, I'll be right. No, that's not what it's all about. What it's about is understanding that if you have diabetes, you make every other condition in life worse. So little issues about health are really important. You've got to look after your eyes, you've got to look after your ears, your ears, you've got to look after your skeleton, you've got to look after absolutely every part of your body. And it has to become a number one um, factor in retirement. Then I think you, you really need to pick one of the many options. There's about 60 things people need to think about before retirement. One of those is money. So you've got a lot of things to think about if you really want to have a fabulous retirement. For example, you may have a favourite charity or you may have a favourite interest. And so you can get involved in social contribution where you are getting out there on a regular basis and helping people all the time. Uh, you might like travel. Well, travel these days, it's different. Things have changed. Uh, you may do camper vanning around Australia or you might do um, uh, travels to New Zealand or Singapore or wherever it's good to travel to at any one time. But it's worth thinking about what you're doing and why you're doing it. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. So one of the things is to understand many of these issues, and they're the types of things that I talk about in my workshops, and, and people can suddenly have, believe it or not, a plan. And a plan of action is absolutely essential to have a fabulous retirement. And in the workshops, I cover all of the things that you might like to think about in a plan of action. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point that to understand that it can take time, I guess, it's, 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 it's to manage expectations as well, that it's not just going to be an overnight thing and but that it, you can't force something, you can't force yourself to like something that you don't like as well. No, um, no, and, it, and it's a gradual progression. What will yeah. happen when you decide to do something? It's just like this business that I've got, which started off, I was sitting at a conference one day and I thought, what am I going to do when I retire? And it worked from there. And it had to be built up. And there was a lot of research and understanding and questions and talking to people and that type of thing until you build it up. And that's the same with pretty well anything. You've got to start from a position you don't know about and work to a position you know a little about, then a bit more and a bit more until you know a lot about it. That's yeah. the same with every single thing. And you look at the Olympics today. Those people didn't wake up in the morning and say, I think I'll go in the 100 metres race today. They didn't do that. They've been working for years to get to the point where they can compete. And so Edmund Hillary, he didn't wake up one day and decide that he'd walk to the top of Mount Everest. It took him 15 years or something to prepare for it. And it's the same with having a fabulous retirement. You've got to work on it. 
Yes. And, and and before you mentioned health, and I think that's a really important point because, I mean, walking, just walking in itself, apart from the physical benefits, um, there's the mental benefits. You know, the there's, again, I've talked about it on a previous episode um, with someone, um, but, you know, there's the chemicals that are released in the brain just from exercise, uh, you know, help you combat things like depression or anxiety. And um, there are so many benefits to that. And just to talk about mental health for a moment, um, <clears throat> what are there any traps to watch out for for those, even those that have retired or those that are about to retire, from a mental health perspective? Because I'm assuming it, it's a, it's a pretty big thing, you know, to go from as I said, working all these years, having this purpose that you would be, you know, that took that consumed most of your life to not having that anymore, um, especially if somebody doesn't have children or their children might live really far um, or maybe they don't have a partner at all. Is there a lot of planning from a mental health perspective as well that needs to be considered? Absolutely. And and we would call it um, a cognitive decline, I suppose, would be the way to do it. And it takes into account the uh, dementia family mainly, but also there's depression and uh, in the dementia family, there's uh, such thing as Alzheimer's. And if it's one thing that people fear as they are getting older, it's, dare I say it, losing their mind. Now, that's, that's Alzheimer's. Um, depression is a different way of, of feeling the way those same people feel. But de- there's a difference between depression and dementia and Alzheimer's. But Alzheimer's is the big one. And people worry about that. Now, the simple fact of life is you can't stop yourself getting Alzheimer's. That's a fact. But you can reduce the chances of getting it. And even if you've got it, you can reduce the chances of it getting worse. But let's say you want to avoid it. Well, the first thing that you can do is what I do, exercise. 46 universities in the world are studying ageing. And they came together and they decided that there was one thing that every single person in the world can do to slow down the impact, not avoid, but slow down the impact of Alzheimer's, and that is exercise. Now, strolling down the road because you've got a a 15-year-old dog and you're going from tree to tree to tree, that's not exercise. Exercise is truly walking as though you are in a hurry. Now, you don't, that doesn't mean rushing like man, but what it does mean is making certain that you are consciously getting the heart going. It is consciously moving quickly. It's consciously u- using all parts of your body. So exercise is the number one thing that you can do. Now, a lot of people say, oh, yes, but look, I play chess, I play bridge, I uh, do crosswords, I do uh, jigsaw puzzles. That must be good for the brain. Well, I don't know whether it's good or not. It's never been shown. People talk about it. But let me tell you this, that if you get involved with things like I mentioned, crosswords and chess and Sudoku and all the rest of it, every single one of those events has a win-lose result, win-lose. And it's not as good as being into something which has no win-lose situation It's impossible to understand, and that is people. One of the great things that you can do as you get older is continually meet more people, continually expand your circle of friends. 
Now, those of us that have travelled, and even in Australia now, you see it, the group of uh, men sitting around at the end of the day or on a weekend talking. When you go to Spain or Portugal or Greece or Italy, it doesn't really matter. Same as in Australia now, they sit around and they have a chat. Men get together and have a chat. Women perfected this years ago, but men are very poor at that type of thing. But they have learnt that one of the best things that you can do to live a long time is to have a long, good group of circle of friend group. Sorry, good circle of friends, and that does not include family. There's a difference between having social contribution with your family and having social contribution with other people. For example. If you are with the family, it's very much same old, same old, same old. But if you're with people that you don't know or know a little bit about, it, you never know where the conversation's going and it's important to make certain that you are continually expanding your circle of friends so that you do not end up as most people do. They get older and older and older. People die. They move on. They go to another city, they move into a retirement village or whatever the case may be, and you've got fewer and fewer friends. And what happens, those fewer and fewer friends are talking to each other more and more about the same old stuff. And that is not good. That's when boredom sets in. That's when um, uh, depression sets in, all of those types of things. So communication is very good, and you get that by meeting people. So getting back to the original point, you will never know your spouse. You'll never know your big friend. You think you might, but you don't. You'll never know anybody. But the people you don't know, more than anything else, are the people you're meeting all the time. So meeting people is a critical part of having a great retirement. Yeah, and, and you, you bring up uh, when you mentioned a group of small people doing nothing but just talking to each other. Um, it sort of reminds me of when you see, you know, it's, I mean, you see it in movies more than real life, but you see like a, a group of old ladies, for example, doing nothing but just gossiping all day about everyone else because that's all they can talk about because they've got nothing else to talk about. So it's, it's so I guess it, it's that in a way, but from a slightly different context. Yeah, and I, I would also suggest that they should be people you don't know. So you've got to meet people you don't know and you just talk to them. I remember I was talking to a group, um, a retirement group, and um, one lady said, oh, excuse me, I don't like talking to people I don't know. And I said, well, do you know anyone? Well, of course I do. And the question is, did you know them before you knew them? And you didn't. So you have to get out there and meet people so that they can become good friends. It's a critical part of of a good life is to keep meeting new people because they will disappear from your friendship list for whatever reason. And it's a personal responsibility to stay in touch with people and to meet new people. So Peter, you've been doing this for quite a while and I'm sure over the years there's been some sort of, there's been this aha moment or this, this moment that probably stands out in your memory where you've seen this big transformation or a big change in someone's life. Um, do you mind sharing one or, one or two of those examples with us? Well, I guess the one that appealed to me most was that I give the talk on cognitive decline quite a bit and people come up and they say, thank you. Thank you very, very much. You've changed my life. Also in the area of health, 
I highlight things that are necessary in health. I'm not a doctor, but I've got all the references and people involved in my course do all the videos and the podcasts and the, the TED Talks and everything else, which help people understand what is going on. It is absolutely critical to get the health side of things right, and it's a slow process. And you don't want to be like me, uh, where, where you know one day I was given six days to live. Now, those sudden surprises are going to happen in retirement. We know that. And they will happen, unfortunately, a few times to a lot of people. You've got to learn to handle that. You've got to learn to handle the things that go against you as you retire. So I've helped a lot of people in that area as well. There's no doubt about that. And, um, and Peter, as well, if, if, if anybody wanted to get in contact with you, what would you say the, the best way is for them to do that or to get access to these resources or your resources? Well, anyone has access to uh, my website, redefiningretirement.com.au, and there's a heap of information on there, a heap of information. The second thing is if, if, um, if you ever wanted to run a workshop for, you know, 20 people, 30 people, say 30 people, husbands and wives and partners uh, attending. It's a three-hour workshop and every single person who attends that walks away with a written set of goals based on what we've talked about in the, uh, in the workshop. And thirdly, um, there is the course that I'm creating and that is a course where people can subscribe $10 a month and they get two fort, uh, sorry, a fortnightly distribution of information, maybe an hour and a half, two hours of stuff on all the different topics that I talk about. And people love that as well. Great. And just to summarize some of the, I guess, nuggets of gold that I've, that I've learned just from today is, first of all, to work out what you want to do, not necessarily what others have done. Second of all, to look after your health um, physically and mentally. Um, and third of all, to understand that it can take time and that planning for retirement is not an overnight solution. And um, and lastly, I'd say talk to a professional, you know, um, whoever's listening to this, to, to talk to Peter, to, to get in touch with somebody that can help them with these things because sometimes it is important to have that outsider's perspective, just like you have a financial advisor to look at your situation from a third party's perspective. It's This is exactly the same thing. You know, um, any, any, is there anything else you want to add to that, Peter, before we wrap up? Well, you bring up a very interesting point. One of the most important things you can do is to take advice from people who know more than you do. Our lives are best progressed by taking advice from people who know more than you do. Therefore, if you act on what you're advised, you will do better than most people. And sadly, most people don't take advice. They might listen to their friends, but they don't know. You've got to go to people, just as you go to Michael, you've got to go to people who know more than you do. You can guess, you can look up Dr. Google, you look up everyone, but you've got to go to people who know more than you do. And you will find that having a good advisor on all the different topics associated with retirement is a wonderful way to go. Wise words, wise words, Peter. And you couldn't have said it any better, to be honest. Um, one last thing, with all my episodes, I like to finish off with the dad joke. Um, I'm sure you might have a few up your sleeves potentially, but um, why do we go to bed? 
I would, I would say to simply relax the mind. What's the, what's uh, the answer? Uh, because it won't come to us. Oh, that's a good point. So, 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 so because it sort of relates to what we're talking about today. That um, you know, it's um, you know your goals, your plan. It's not just going to come to you. You need to go and do it. You need to take action, and you need to plan it yourself. It's it's not just going to happen by itself. You know, um, but um, thank you so much for your time, Peter. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and I'll make sure I put your website in the description of this podcast episode. So anybody that does want to learn more um, and wants to start that journey, whether it's for them or somebody that they know, to contact you and touch base. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.